This is episode 265 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. And now a word from our sponsor, Control and Compound. Infinite banking in under 60 seconds. We've all got to save our money somewhere, and we think that a high cash value life insurance policy is the perfect place to save it. Why? We're going to save our money inside this policy, and it's going to grow tax-free. Down the road, we're going to get hit with an emergency or an opportunity, maybe a chance to buy a business, real estate property, an income-producing asset, and instead of withdrawing from our savings account, we're going to leverage that asset. We're going to borrow the insurance company's money, and we're going to invest in that opportunity. Our money is still inside of that policy, compounding, uninterrupted, tax-free, and our money's outside in this investment opportunity. We're going to rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, all while providing a death benefit for our families. Down the road, we're going to retire. Now we retire with a high cash value life insurance policy with a lot of cash. We're going to start taking those policy loans again, but this time we're never going to pay them back. When I say never, I mean we're going to pay them back with the death benefit when we die, and our families are going to get left with the rest completely tax-free. For more information, visit www.controllingcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have Spencer Giles back on from, I think it was four years ago. And Spencer is a great guy, a really, really awesome entrepreneur and an Airbnb specialist. So today we dug into Spencer's portfolio, certain properties that he's buying down in Ellicottville, New York, which is a town I think just has tons of potential. And uh, also what he's doing across Canada with his Airbnb management business. In an age where cash flow can be challenging, Spencer is a guy that makes it happen abundantly. And we got into what he looks for, what areas he looks at, and how he systematizes his business so that he can continue to grow and grow at a large scale. That's the key, right? Because as you get into Airbnb and hospitality, I can speak from experience, it can really dominate your time. So if you don't have good systems, uh, your scalability is just not going to be there. So this episode was just littered with gold nuggets. It was absolutely awesome. And I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So uh, without further ado, let's just go ahead and jump right into this episode with Spencer Giles. Please enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I've got Spencer Giles back on after a long time. It's been many, many years, maybe like four. And yeah, time flies. Yeah, it's long overdue because you and Ashley were on and you were just kind of getting your business going with the Airbnb management and... Uh, yeah, why don't you just give like a high level update of what you've been up to, what you do for anyone who didn't catch the last the last episode? Yeah, so I guess long story short, you know, we started our investing career um, buying properties. We did the Burr method for vacation rentals for quite a few properties, and we realized that hey, we have the systems, we can build this for other people and and help investors. You know, cash flow is obviously the big pull for a lot of these you know investors that are coming in make a lot more money than typical market rent. Um, so we started doing it for other people, managing it, running it, operating it fully hands off. And yeah, we've now since I guess our last conversation, it's been a while. We've expanded across Canada out into to BC. Um, to over 40 properties. And these are like single detached homes, higher end homes. We've and that's really... in BC, you've got 40 or that's no, across... sorry, across Canada. So we have a mix between mm -hmm. like, we've got some in Halifax all the way out mm -hmm. to BC. Um, I'd say predominantly 60%, uh, 65% of our portfolio is in like Southern Ontario. We just started ex expanding into cottage country now. 
Um, but yeah, we're we're about 45 properties under management. And then we've expanded our investment portfolio as well. Um, I guess since the last time we didn't have them, we've got two in the States just across the border. Yeah. A, a, a ski right? resort town. Yeah. Ellicottville. Exactly. Yeah, I had so. John, I had John talking about the one in Ellicottville. I, I think you guys own together. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So he, he's, he's given the uh, rundown on that one and it's, uh, that's a doozy. You guys, you guys do well on that one. We, we like it. It's, uh, it supplements our, our low season here. Let's put it that way. Um, cause right now, like it's February and it's, one of the slower months here in Southern Ontario, but it's the best month in, in Ellicottville. Yeah. Um, just it's crushing three, right now. Yeah. And three seasons, even though, although the weather hasn't been great, but, uh, people still enjoy it. There's lots of restaurants and bars mm. and things to do there. Yeah. So like one, like Ellicottville and I, I've been through there many times. I think it's a great little town, although I've only driven by, um, it's nice that it's so close for good skiing. So no one's skiing really very well right now because of the, the poor weather conditions for that. But, uh, in normal, uh, scenarios, you're saying like February would be the peak, maybe January as well, if, if there's good snow and then March would be a good month too. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, typically you're getting people booking, 60 days in advance for the february january february march yeah obviously the last few years have been hit and miss with the snow but you typically when they get like one week of a lot of snow which they did about a month ago they make a pretty big base and as long as it doesn't stay at 15 degrees celsius mm -hmm. for three weeks straight they can they can keep the runs open for quite a long time which sounds like they've been doing but obviously yeah, yeah. the conditions the conditions aren't great right now well, I know just before I left for Florida, it was so freaking cold. So uh, I'm sure they made tons of snow then. And uh, yeah, it's probably okay. Rub it other... in. I know you're warm in Florida. <laughs> yeah. It took a while. I was running the heater down here quite a bit. But uh, yeah, so that and the nice thing there is like there's 60 days out. They can't just cancel, right? Like just because they don't like the weather. Oh, we're canceling our trip because the weather's bad. Yeah, not happening. <laughs> yeah, we, we were honestly surprised by like the lack of... Um, response due to the the snow like obviously our initial worry was oh man these people are paying a lot of money for high season and you know they've got a whole family coming down with the intention to ski but everyone's just said they had a great time like sounds like a lot of them have gotten out still because of the amount of snow they've made but yeah we've been we've been fortunate that it's been pretty smooth sailing knock on wood uh this season given the, yeah. the weather conditions and uh, John showed the game room that you guys added on, which was really cool. How much, uh, you know, give me the current update. Like how much of a difference has that made? Like adding on. So just for anybody with an Airbnb thinking about how they can make their product better, this is a perfect example of that. Yeah. So it's still preliminary because we we took it live at the end of November, but I actually just ran in, um, some of the quick numbers last week and we've seen about a 20% lift in the months versus last year. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, there might be a few other factors, but 20% is still pretty significant versus what we've done in like January, February of last year. What I'm really excited to see is like the shoulder and summer and really the summer months, because mm -hmm. the summer is still quite good. It's not as strong as say like January, February. But uh, it's still a pretty good lift in summer. And I really think with the games room, with the garage doors open, having a lot of outdoor games, that's really going to drive. I think it's going to drive a lot more revenue than previous year. Yeah. Uh, still so too far out to tell, but like we're, mm -hmm. we're seeing 20% right now. Yeah. So 20% wouldn't be quite enough for you guys to hit like 100,000 in revenue, but getting closer. 
Not quite. I mean, it's going to be, we're going to push for it this year. Yeah, I but, think you uh, might just do it. You might just do it. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Fingers yeah. crossed. Because yeah, you will have a full year of, of that. So yeah, yeah, I'll be I'll be rooting for you. Because the the significance of that is you're all in on that one for like what like three hundred thousand US yeah, just under yeah yeah exactly to do a hundred like I mean I, I've done this before but I just want to put it in context because we talk about the one percent rule. So if you're doing a hundred thousand, you're dividing that by twelve. That's what is that eight thousand three hundred thirty three a month. Mm -hmm. So 8333 over your 300,000, it's uh, almost 3% rule. You're like 2.7% of your purchase price a month uh, for gross income, which, hey, that blows away most of what you can do just about anywhere else. Yeah, it's it's like I said, we we yeah. we lucked out with that one. And the nice thing about the states, it's a true thirty-year fixed mortgage, so we're uh, yeah. we're locked in at a low interest rate for a while. So it's predictable. And and yeah, we're yeah we're seeing twenty percent now, but I'm really hoping we can push it to thirty. You know, that's oh yeah, of, that's that's our goal. At least we're seeing it still preliminary, but it'd be nice to get that to over a hundred grand. That's for sure. Yeah, I bet. Would you uh, would you do more of these? Like, are you, are you planning? Cause I know you, last time I spoke with you off camera, we were thinking, or you were thinking about doing more in the U S that was sort of going to be a bit of a focus, I think, but maybe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Absolutely. I mean, I think the thing with Ellicottville specifically is it's, it's such a small market that there isn't a ton of supply that comes on and the stuff that is sitting on there right now are people that it seems like don't owe a lot on it and aren't in a rush to sell like the quality properties. There's obviously a lot of rundown ones that need a lot of work. And for anyone that knows Alicaville, it's next to impossible to get tradespeople out there. Um, or you're paying three times what you would here for it. Uh, it's, it's quite expensive. So mm -hmm. doing a bigger project is, is tough, but like one where, you know, it's 80% the way there where you can do minor things to bring yeah. it to life, add amenities, so on and so forth. I still think it's a, it's a great play. So yeah, we're looking at it almost daily. Obviously if something comes up, we'd like to scoop it up, but we're not in a rush to go and, and buy 10 of them yeah. just to force it either. And what's your, what's your angle? Like, are you just going on market? Are you dealing directly with listing agents or do you have an agent working with you in that, that area? Yeah, we're fortunate enough to be dealing with like the top agent in that area. Like she's, she's the, the Rob Golfie of Ellicottville. I call her that. Uh, she's okay. got, she's got, you know, I would say close to 60 or 70% of the listings in Ellicottville. And if she doesn't, she knows everyone that deals in there. So she's really good because she's she's come to us with some off-market opportunities or some potential opportunities before hitting the market and we've kind of told her what we're looking to do there so yeah we have a bit of an angle there um but yeah a lot of it's just going on zillow and realtor and taking a look yeah if she sent some she sent us a few that they were okay we didn't love it so we we ended up passing on it like i said not in a rush what is it that you're looking for like what's what's an ideal property for you well, for, for there, we want something that can sleep eight to 12 guests. Mm -hmm. Proximity is important. And obviously certain areas of Ellicottville, like the town itself, doesn't actually allow it unless you're grandfathered in, in terms of a, a license standpoint. Mm -hmm. So there's certain zoning you have to be careful about with Ellicottville. Um, so there's that factor, but then obviously then it's your proximity to downtown and the ski hills. I mean, yeah. Being being seven minutes away from everything seems like not that big of a deal. 
to us, like just thinking like seven minutes to the ski resort or town, but mm-hmm. in Ellicottville, it's so small that like every second counts at that point. And yeah. there's a, there's such a dense population of short-term rentals that are close to all those things that yeah. typically would get booked if it was apples to apples, then it would be if you're, you know, seven minutes away. That's, that's why we yeah. did the games room and stuff. Cause that one problem. Yeah, you, you really minutes. do have to attract people, right? Like, even though you're yes. technically close, like six, seven minutes, isn't a big deal. Like you're competing with people who are like walking distance to bars and, and the stuff right downtown too. Right. Exactly. So your yeah. place has kind of got to be better in that regard. Yeah. Like we have, like, it's actually a good case study because we have one that's directly on the ski hill. Like it's literally, you can walk to the main chalet I can do it in under two minutes. I'd say the average is about two minutes and 20 seconds, like skis mm-hmm. in hand, you're going up the lift. Um, that one, that one does really well as well. It was obviously double the cost to acquire wow. than, yeah. than, than the other one. But the other one, what's nice is that it has property, it has land. Yeah. So people can be outside in the summertime playing games, right? It's a lot more private, secluded, and it has its perks there. But, you know, the downfall is it yeah. is a five to seven minute drive to everything. So the one that's double the cost to acquire, is it also double the revenue? No, I mean, it, no. it makes about 40, I'd say what 30, I think it was like 38% more like that one just did 130,000, I believe in and around that last year. Mm. Um, the year before it actually did a lot more. We, we got, I mean, we got really lucky. We had one guy who paid $68,000 for two months during high season. Whoa, that's it was great. our big, it was our biggest booking to date. And that was like, we went live two months prior. Yeah. It was one of those ones where we had to ask him like, are you sure? <laughs> like what's going on here? We had to like look the guy up make sure it was legit. And it was, he ended up buying a place next year, obviously. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's hilarious. Man, he could have bought a place and furnished it and covered his down payment with that. I must have been a tax play. I don't know. Like I didn't, we didn't That's ask hilarious. questions. The money cleared. It was like, this is great. So yeah, obviously yeah. it was tough to compete with that this year, but um, yeah, that's, yeah, there's some things that we've done there to drive the revenue, but it's, I would say it's more of like, a, it's your typical chalet, nice looking property. Like it's a, it's, it's a pride of ownership one for sure. Is that, that's a detached as well? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so is it 3,500? No, no, no. It's it's not condo. No HOA. It's like thirty five hundred square feet. It's it, it's got like six levels because it's on the hill. So like you literally oh walk in. Goodness. You got your kitchen and dining room to the right. You have like five steps down to the big living room where it goes out to mm-hmm. the second story deck. Then you go down another four sets of stairs. You got like a full bathroom. Then you go into the master. It's got its own bathroom ensuite. Mm-hmm. Then you go down another set of stairs. And there's another master with like other bathrooms. And then there's another level with the two other bedrooms. And then a last level, which is like a basement living room that goes out to the hot tub. It literally keeps going. It's just one of those one of those that's properties. amazing okay yeah. so there's your pride of ownership property um, you have to fight over which level you want to be on or else you're doing the stairmaster 3000 every morning if you oh i'd long. love that that's, <laughs> they say people live longer if they have like it's built in like you know people who live in like uh what's that amalfi coast in italy like you're up and down hills all the time the blues makes, makes you live longer that's right uh, yeah that's bone density <laughs> yeah for sure so how long you own that one we've had both we bought them all within a few months we had them i believe it we acquired them in 2021 i'm getting my dates mm-hmm. right I, I blend the 2020 to 2022 years together but yeah we've had it for i would say close to three years now or just under mm-hmm. okay and would you be able to do or would you even want to do that one again oh absolutely i mean they're 
they're both extremely profitable. Um, yeah, they, they, they beat a lot of our Canadian properties here. Yeah. The nice thing about there is it not as competitive. Yeah. You don't get the appreciation as you would say, you know, historically the yeah. appreciation hasn't been there, but from a cash flow perspective and opportunity to operate, that's a big one in Ellicottville. There's a ton of opportunity there. Just, there's a lot of hosts that have beautiful properties, but don't market it, don't price it, mismanage it. They're leaving a lot yeah. of money on the table. So from that perspective, there's huge opportunities. And how were you able to get around the restriction about Airbnbs for that one? Was it grandfathered in? That one's not in the town. Sorry. It's still, it's on the ski. It's not like, so the way Ellicottville is, it's like a yeah. small street. So it's like it's a L shape, right? Rest. Yeah. And, and, and on like subsequent streets, there's like these little neighborhoods that would be considered like the village. Sorry, not the town. Then okay. the town goes farther outside. So yeah, I don't know if we want to edit that, but there's the village, then there's the town. Okay. So you're like, in the yes. town, but not the village. The village is restricted. Correct. Correct. So yeah, we're, we're considered. Yeah. M to medium density, which yeah. right in their bylaw allows for short-term rentals. You don't even need a license. And then the other ones in like yeah. low density, which would, I wouldn't get affected in their pro tourism. So. Yeah. Like that was a, one of my follow-up questions is, so you're still in the town, not in the village. The town's okay with it. They're pro tourism. I guess they're okay with it until it's not like, what do you see as the risk of them bringing in further restrictions? Or do you think that it was really just a village to keep, you know, traffic under control or something like that. Yeah. I mean, there's always risk to any, anything when you go into a short-term rental, like obviously there's, you know, the option of doing medium term and, and seasonal rentals. There are still very, very strong. And yeah, to be good. completely honest, we, we've gotten a lot of our money out of that, out of that deal. So even if we had to exit, it would be, you know, mm. it'd suck, but it would be, we'd be okay. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like in that specific area, you've got a lot of chalets still beside each other, but a lot of them are still like rentals for that specific reason. Right. And they've already done a pretty good job of on certain areas of the hill are HOA'd and they don't allow it. So like, it's pretty clear, like if you want to buy in a certain subdivision, you don't want to worry about short-term rentals, you go to like, you know, yeah. go to this area this area it's yeah so so it's town. a cultural thing people know what's there that that actually helps in my mind like i'd be way more into it if i knew like that's what the people around here do they they like that area. same thing here in in naples actually there's a place called naples park and it's like one of the one areas of naples that you can there's no hoa and everybody does airbnb it's like right. its own little pocket i think everybody gets that so hopefully they leave it alone I like how they do that. It just makes it clear, like I said, when, if a buyer is going in there, they know what they're getting into if they're going to live there full time. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 there's a lot of positives to it as well. It's yeah. like the amount of money that comes in for the weekends alone just to support the local businesses. You know, yeah. I would say 85, 90% of them are staying at a, a vacation rental there. Yeah, yeah. There's and they definitely like down here, for instance, like they really like their tourists. They yeah. they'll look the other way on a lot of stuff. So um yeah, I think that uh Airbnb is probably reasonably safe. Um okay, so I'm looking at a map here. There's there's more than one ski hill in, in Ellicottville, right? Mm-hmm. There's two. We got a public and a private. Is the private one further? Private one, uh, it's really, they kind of split, right? Oh, so they yeah. share so the Holiday same Valley, is that the one that like is public or is it the other one? Holiday Valley is the public one. Hallmont okay. is the private one. That's the one where, you know, our property is right on Hallamont Drive. So it's... Oh, okay. So so anybody renting your place is a member? Uh, No. 
we actually, again, uh, get guest access. So the nice thing about Hallamont, during the week, they open it up to the public. It's around okay. the same cost as Holiday Valley. So like people that are staying during the week, no problem. We're fortunate enough to have some connections down there in Alligateville. So any guests that stay over the weekend, we just had a guest actually ask because they have certain blackout dates for next Monday. Mm -hmm. um, we are able to get them on as a guest. So people that are skiing on the weekends, that's kind of a nice plus staying with us is that on the yeah. weekends where you know the majority of people are coming yeah. in, it's a weekend town. We can get them at, at the private ones, typically not as busy. And obviously you can walk there. So there's the, you don't have to park. You can just leave your car in the driveway. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Obviously you guys are going to crush with that. That's cool, man. You, you'll have to send me that link. I can, uh, I mean, if you want, I can include it in the show notes. Sure. Uh, maybe Let's some people want to book it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell me about kind of next step criteria like to grow in Ellicottville. Um, I know you said you, the, the big size is that is just hard to find something that's in a price point you want, you know, with the size you want. Yeah. Just because again, you have to make sure it's in an area that allows it. That's like the, the number one thing. There's a lot of really nice properties that decent yeah. prices that would do really well. They're just on, they're just in a zoning or an area that wouldn't necessarily allow short-term rentals. Gotcha. Um, and, and then, yeah, I mean, the top producers there, they're all anywhere from yeah. tw 12 to 16 guests on the more higher end. There's yeah. not a ton of them, but there's about 10 that do like, I'd say over 125 a year there. And they're all okay. bigger, bigger size properties. Cause you get two families in there. That's kind of the, the goal. Yeah. What would you think like the top earner in in that town is doing for Airbnb? Like over two hundred thousand? I know it's about. I mean, there's some false data there. Um, yeah, there, there definitely is. But what I've seen is about one eighty. One eighty is the top okay. top producer, and it's like is that, 20, that's yours? twenty no. guests. No, no. <laughs> this thing this thing holds twenty yeah. guests. It's a beast. Yeah. It's got to be like six thousand square feet. It's huge. That's kind of Tons an inefficiency, of right? Like for what that would cost to acquire, probably wouldn't be as as uh, profitable. Well, their cleaning fee itself is, I think, six hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. So yeah. you know, you're looking at the income on AirDNA that that includes cleaning income, and I would assume that they're at least thirty to forty grand a year in cleaning. Wow. Okay, so yeah, that's obviously uh, pros and cons to that. And you mentioned contractors are tough. We have a similar situation up where we have our camp and and resort uh, in Tobermory. It's just kind of off the beaten path little little less common to find trades and and more specifically just like labor uh, how have you found it there like has it been a big pain or you found that just by going with stuff that's pretty much there uh that it hasn't really been that much of a problem yeah i mean it's been tricky so for minor maintenance stuff like installing the odd thing here and there we have like a really good maintenance person there that you know he does all our hot tubs he's an electrician by trade so any of that stuff is 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 easy we've had to redo floorings in a bathroom um at one of those and that was like pulling teeth we ended up just doing it ourselves going down and doing it ourselves because they were quoting like three times what anyone would quote here for the same job and three times in us dollars so it wow. just like it didn't make sense we're like all right well we can block off a week or two and go down and just do this ourselves and uh yeah that's what we ended up doing now there's a pretty there's a facebook group there where there's you know a lot of people that have referred other maintenance people we haven't had to do a job since we joined this group and found it so yeah. obviously we would like to try try something else out down the road if we get another property or have a bigger project but yeah everything's been pretty manageable nothing major yet that yeah we couldn't do ourselves do you ever use thumbtack 
No. I think I told you about this maybe before, but uh, so it's like Airbnb, but for tradespeople and like handymen and stuff. As far as I'm concerned, it's like revolutionary. The changes I needed a cleaner really? at at one of my places because we had it we had it uh, uh, like open houses and we were doing showings and somebody said, "Oh, there's footprints," and there shouldn't have been, anyways. So I'm like, I need a cleaner in there immediately. Next day, they showed up, did a great job. Like I found them on Thumbtack. They're all rated. So that's the key thing, right? Like you can't do that in Canada. It doesn't exist in Canada. But if you're doing stuff in the U.S., um, I've found there's tons of people, even con like general contractors you can find on there. So yeah. Hey, if they're, if they exist in, in Ellicottville or the surrounding areas, that's great. I feel like the smaller areas is, is more difficult. Um, they're pretty oh, for sure. Right? No, you'd have <laughs> to, you'd have to go idea. to the ones, you'd have to go to the ones that are like 40 minutes out or something. And yeah. I'm sure they'd still be, you know, if you can open that pool, especially now that, you know, there's a little bit of downturn in, in new construction and stuff. Like I bet you it's going to be a little easier to get people because they're going to be looking for work. So absolutely. I, I swear though, as soon as they hear Ellicottville, like even our maintenance dollar person, signs he, in their eyes. Yeah. He, well, he's, he's even, he's even said that like a lot of the times I'll get him to like reach out and get a quote because yeah. he's a local and like, they know that as soon as they hear Ellicottville, it's most people that either live in Buffalo or Canada and they can just charge whatever they want because people will pay it. Yeah. <laughs> but then, then I'm doing it being like, I just did the same project yeah, two months yeah. ago. And it's like, that was a third of the cost Canadian. So <laughs> in fairness, though, I mean, and anywhere you try and do business, there's somebody that will gr gladly charge you triple the price. <laughs> of course, of course, because people pay it, right? They're like, I don't want will. this job, but if they're going to pay this, then I'll exactly. pay Exactly. Uh, as I coined it, F off pricing. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah, laughs> they want that's... you to F off, but if you're willing to pay it, sure, I'll do yeah, it. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yeah. No, I, I, I say this as if it's revolutionary and then people like comment and they're like, yeah, that's nothing new. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it blows I, your mind every time yeah. you see these quotes, but you, you understand what they're doing. Once you yeah. cool down from seeing the quote, you know, 30 minutes later, yeah. then you're like, yeah, all right, I get it. Well, I think that there's a lot more contractors that won't say no to the job. They'll quote everything because they've learned that that's good practice. Because why say no when you can still put a number on something and you might get it, right? Like price it at what it's worth to you. And I think that's yeah. the whole point of doing bids. Like, you know, one time a contractor might be way high and then the next time they might be really affordable because they're, you know, they're not as busy. They're more interested. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. Doesn't, cool. that's why it doesn't hurt, but yeah, we're, we're still figuring that part out. Yeah. So yeah. That's say. tough. Well, I'm just wondering like how many gray hairs it adds for you. Cause you don't look like you have any. And, uh, you know, you guys have built out a huge business and you were working full time back when I first interviewed you, both of you were, and oh, now yeah, you and right. Ashley both aren't. And I mean, obviously that buys you time. So, uh, with something like this, when you find, Hey, we can't find contractors. Plus you've got 40 some odd other houses and your units. Uh, you know, how do you find your days sometimes getting hijacked or do you have the systems built out now where there's somebody else intercepting those calls? It's not you. Yeah. So that's, that's important. So we have a lot of systems built in now. Like we don't do any rarely any of the day-to-day -day messaging, like some of our personal properties we do, but we've got it so automated to the point where it's like, it's surprising if a guest reaches out with the question, unless it's like mm -hmm. something unique or an emergency or a maintenance thing. Right. But, um, from the actual business side of our vacation rental management business that we have systemized, I think pretty much mm -hmm. to a T now where, yeah, we don't even field the sales calls. We don't deal with any of the guests. We've got territory managers in place to, you know, boots on the ground, if you want to call it that, to where like the guest and the client is getting like 
the top level service like it's a single person running their own house. That was our main goal is to make it feel like someone who is running it themselves and is passionate in that hospitality industry, yeah. but be able to do that at scale. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you're able to get that level of service because you have those territory managers that are participating in the profit of the business. Of course. Yeah. Well, we've got a whole team of people, right? We have someone that focuses like just strictly on revenue management, someone mm -hmm. that focuses on listing optimization, someone that does guest yeah. relations. So like they're snipers, if you want to call it yeah. in their territory, they're not getting pulled in a hundred different directions right. so that they can be excellent at their job and not just okay at everything. And I feel like that has made the biggest difference in setting ourselves apart from Interesting. You know, other competition and being able to take on these higher end homes because people are trusting their higher valued asset with someone that is giving it the same level of attention as if they were to run it and be passionate about doing yeah. it as well. Okay. So how do you work out the, uh, the compensation split? Cause obviously you guys want to take a piece to cover your efforts, the structures you've set up. Um, you know, what's like, you want to walk me through kind of the business model, like what the, you know, the fee is for a customer that wants to work with you. And then how do you make it so that it works for your team? Yeah. So, I mean, our, our standard rate is 20% of gross rents. So that's what the management company takes. Um, obviously like the cleaning fees and stuff get reimbursed back directly hundred percent to the owner. Like we don't take 20% of that. That's there to, try okay. to cover as much of those costs. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, in terms of we do everything for them in terms of even when they're acquiring, you know, we, we make recommendations. Obviously we're not a general contractor and we're not a property maintenance company. Like that's a big difference. Like we, we will provide our recommended vendors, but mm -hmm. you know, we're not general contractors and we're not going to go build a fence for a client, but we will say like, Hey, these are some things that you can do to improve the property backed by data to, to bring in more revenue essentially. So right. we, we, from the very beginning, whether they have a property or not, we're kind of going in and analyzing what they can do and helping them get set up. We have an onboarding coordinator. Once they're ready to go, they go into a detailed supply list, take detailed videos down to like the serial numbers of like every single appliance in there, just to get all of that information and walk through videos for the VAs and basically get it to the point where it's like, automated and systemized to the point where like our VAs can troubleshoot any issues for the guests. So that way, like the clients don't have to worry about a thing. You know, we're a bit, we're a bit annoying in the beginning because we ask the clients a yeah. lot of questions about their property, but there's a reason why we do it. It's just because we don't want to have to ask them multiple times at 7 p.m. on a Friday. Hey, where's, yeah. the, where's the electrical box? How do I reset this? Where is this? Is there this to the property? So, you know, the whole point of people paying that high of a percentage, yeah. is, you know, not just, you know, it's the hospitality industry. It's a lot more work than say your long-term property management company, but, you know, from a revenue generating perspective and obviously a hospitality and five-star experience perspective, that's why they're hiring us, right? We're going to be able yeah. to justify that 20% by bringing them in a heck of a lot more revenue than if they were to do it themselves. Right. And, I, and that's the nice thing. Like when it's all a percentage of compensation, people want to do the work like that. Like you're going to want to do the work is if, if the client makes more, you make more. So why? And, and, and that's just it. Like we have detailed reviews quarterly. Um, I look at it every week, but of, of what we can do in every single property to improve it. If there's, you know, sometimes a, a new amenity hits the market, that's really mm -hmm. popular right now, EV chargers being a big one. And it's like for the small amount of investment that it costs to add one, there's only like 
two percent of the listings that have it but there's a yeah 50 percent or not 50 but there might be 30 yeah. percent of people searching for ev chargers so there's a huge opportunity to stand out so we're always looking for that competitive edge to help improve not only our personal ones but our clients yeah. as well and and that that in itself has paid a lot of dividends to you know us personally and obviously our clients that's a great idea yeah like just meeting those underserved niches those underserved needs and uh, obviously if you're constantly looking at it, if that's your business you're going to find a lot of them yeah 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 there's quite a few still which is nice okay so the area managers are they sort of like given up like a compensation and then they hire the team underneath them to do all the different stuff and those people get a compensation like how does that work so yeah they, they they it is a percentage base that the territory manager there again so it's performance based the, the, you know, mm -hmm. the better they do the more they make um we do a lot of the back end systems for them because we have i don't want to say like cookie cutter things but we have things in place to help them succeed fast where they're not running around going crazy um mm -hmm. like we, we even provide like bookkeeping vas all that stuff to the point where like their goal is just to make sure that the properties crush it that the clients are happy and that we're growing right we don't want them inundated in the you know constant day-to-day -day, hey i need toilet paper mm -hmm. paper run to this property and this person has a question you know their goal is growth and their goal is to make sure that the property is you know same thing as like crushing it adding new amenities taking a look at the market you know we all do it as like a whole yeah. team so like i might pass it down saying hey let's take a look mm -hmm. at it but they might be in it in the day-to-day -day a little bit more saying, Hey, I noticed the Kawartha lakes. There's, you know, you definitely need a hot tub. Mm -hmm. Let's really push that. Here's the data. Go to the, go to the yeah. you know, client and, and push it on. Yeah, that's great. And it makes sense. So like you're going to have high level, I see certain trends, but then they're going to have like in the micro markets knowing what's working better. So, um, yeah, that's a good, a good way to kind of collaborate as far as that goes. Now, as far as like your expansion goes, like, where's your, where's your effort now? And I have follow-up questions about why, <laughs> but yeah, yeah let's yeah. start that. Yeah. So last year we called it was the year of systems, right? We, mm -hmm. we put a lot, we spent a lot of money and invested in systems. You know, we, we, uh, really focused on, okay, like if we want to take it to the next level, but still keep the same level of service without, you know, things kind of falling off a little bit, we really need to systemize this to a point where we're comfortable to scale. So we feel that we've got to that point now um where now this like their base level expenses and everything stays here but we're able to take on a lot more properties and and really grow so last year was the year of systems this is the year of expansion so yeah we we are expanding in more markets right now a lot of it's focused on in ontario you know bc there has been a lot of regulations and changes out there it's it's still a very profitable market um so we're we're still trying to grow a lot out there obviously we've expanded to a lot more like smaller territories in ontario like the kawartha lakes is uh, is one that's rapidly growing um mm -hmm. and you know a few other areas as well we we are now officially in the gta after uh cool. after about a year so yeah we cover you know all of the gta we've got two different territory managers there that that take care of two different you know is this sectors. new because I this just talked to you like I talked to you like a month ago and that wasn't this is thing. new this this yeah. literally happened within the last yeah. month so like I said year of expansion thank yeah. you and then and then the big play is the states so we are expanding yeah. to Ellicottville um we are very close to finalizing everything there from the corporate structure There's so that you some... can offer the services now do you yeah. need to be a licensed realtor to be a property manager down there 
Not in Ellicottville, no. In certain areas, yes. But then again, we we are a lot of our territory managers are realtors. We find they make a great fit because they can kind of yeah. a lot of times double end deals and their their schedule works really well with them. Oh as yeah. Well. They have complete flex. Yeah. So they, and they can, know they the area, just... they know yeah. the market. Like it's just I would say I pretty much all of our territory managers actually now that I think of it, except two are our realtors. Very cool little gold nugget. Uh, okay, so you're going to expand the full management service down there. That's the logical step because I would think from like from your standpoint, and correct me if I'm wrong, like management is quite lucrative. Like it's a great cash flow play, feeds the top line uh, for your business. Of course, as you make profit in your business, you're going to want to invest it in things. And hey, why not invest into more things that make cash flow, and then figure out where to put it all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, our 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 goal again is. We want to scale, but we need to take a step back and make sure that our, our mm -hmm. level of service is still where mm -hmm. it wants to be. Like, I don't, I don't want this to be any different than when Ashley and I were personally running these properties ourselves. Yeah. We had our first two or three, we were doing the messaging, we were on the phones. Like, we want yeah. that same level of passion throughout the entire portfolio. If this thing yeah. gets to 200, like, I don't want yeah. it to be like, oh, they're too big. You can clearly tell they're getting mm -hmm. an automated service here. Like, that's, we want it to be, you know, humanize if you want to call it that yeah. still and have that aspect but at the same time we're really trying to expand the luxury space and the higher end you know the travel yeah. lux side of it so we're not we're not just looking to to take on you know hundreds of units in a whole apartment building that's yeah. not our style so you're not doing just your average stay you want to do nice areas vacation proper vacation rentals not like yes. not an airbnb in hamilton ontario Correct. Well, I mean, we do have some really nice properties in Hamilton that are on the water that do very well. But on it, Beach yes. Boulevard, is that what you're yes, talking about? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, we, we, our goal is to own that whole street now. Um, but yeah, experiences, right? Yeah. With that, there comes a lot more headaches because you know you're charging a higher dollar. You're offering expectations a lot more. are higher. Yeah, there's a lot more things that can break down. You know, hot tubs, pools, etc. Right, amenities mm -hmm. that that you know you're adding that takes more management. But at the end yeah. of the day, it's uh, you know it's we do it for a reason. It's worth it. Oh yeah, for sure. So what uh, what kind of systems are you bringing in that are allowing you to buy back your time and feel like you can sleep at night and all that? Yeah, that that's a good question. So you know, you use a sports analogy here, but we have uh, we call it the property playbook, which is like you know the god template. So essentially, this thing is so detailed down to, like I said, the serial numbers. It, it has locations of where everything is, um, all the appliances, the make, the model, the links, uh, you name it. That's like number one. We have like, uh, we take videos, how-to videos on everything because you have to assume that people don't know how to turn a TV on or adjust a thermostat. So just put a quick 15 second video on everything in the house. And where do you host that, those? Are they all like YouTube? No, uh, yeah. So we, we create, you can create it on any video platform, but we have a digital guidebook. We use like a third party service that you can it's, create. It's digital. meant for like this type of application. Okay. Yes. So you just so, host it on there and then yeah. do they have a URL they can go to, or it's, it's an app. So we have an automated message at their, at their check-in like 48 hours before they, their, uh, their stay. 
all the check-in details goes out with a link to the digital guidebook and that has mm-hmm. all your house manual videos or you know favorite restaurants we have another link the second they book that it's our yeah. recommendations guidebook it just doesn't yeah. have any sensitive property information mm-hmm. then 48 hours prior they get all the details and that includes the house manual so you know how to take the hot tub cover off how to use the yeah. hot tub how to change the thermostat how to navigate the tv the cable how to navigate netflix like and it's just any- a link they can click on and it pulls up a video and then they can watch it and they see everything exactly and, and a lot of the times again like people won't go and a lot of times people will self-troubleshoot but even if they don't you know you get some people that just don't want to look they're just like hey guys um i'm having an issue getting to cable mm-hmm. then our vas can go in and grab the video specifically and just be like hey here's a quick like 15 second video on on how to navigate yeah. and they're like oh wow that's super helpful thank you yeah right, so. yeah so if you spoon feed them they'll still watch it and, and, it and it's a video it's a video of that specific tv or that specific yeah. hot tub it's not like one keurig generalized video so it yeah. has that personalized touch to it yeah. that's a really good one and then from a message issues template we have all of our va scrape if again assuming this is like a, a, a property that was existing that has previous data they scrape all the guest inquiries, messages, and issues and questions, put in, they they record the answer to that. And then you mm-hmm. build out this massive template of like general questions, issues, yeah. so on and so forth. So that way they can go in and troubleshoot yeah. it immediately. And then if it's not in there, we yeah. figure out the answer and then add it. And then there's walkthrough videos for everything. Like we do entire house walkthrough videos just so our VAs can be there without physically having to tour the property yeah so they know the whole property they can see it yeah exactly so i i mean there's there's so many other ones but those are like the the big big ones that cut a lot several gold nuggets yeah yeah so are are you getting your vas off of online jobs or upwork um yeah we've used a few different like uh there's a consulting company i think it's like vafinder.com is the one that we were recommended to it was actually pretty good you just pay them a flat fee they bring you three candidates like you you make a job description they bring you three candidates you can hire all of them if you want you can hire none of them if you don't want to if you didn't like it they'll bring you more um and they 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 were pretty good like our first round we hired two out of the three we would have taken all three but we only needed two and they've been with us now for eight months and they've been doing a really good job oh wow okay so what kind of stuff in your experience can you get them doing in your business like mostly just replying to customers yeah so we wanted something for like guest communications obviously that was number one they're doing a lot of our reports too like our lead reports because obviously like we have a decent amount of properties but they're working eight hours a day like there's not messages coming in mm-hmm. every second and there's certain times of the day and week that are a lot more demanding than others so we do have them doing um a lot of our deal analysis if someone inquires through a website or we have a new lead that comes like if somebody someone. inquires to have their property rental uh, rented yes like they want so, they want you to manage it in other words correct correct yeah. so like they, they we kind of we were slowly training them on doing like the in between like guest messages number one like that is yeah stop whatever you're doing and respond because our response time is something that we like take pride on um but then yeah and they're in their downtime we get them doing these very easy to do yeah. dealing out like analysis for the client and then just yeah. general listing updates that they go in and you know some some small admin things we get them to do but we don't want them to do too much we want them to be you want them focused 
Exactly. Yeah. We'll rather than doing all that. that stuff, be, be an expert in this, like study the answers to questions, like go, go, if you, if you're rusty on something, brush up. Exactly. Yeah. And now, and now that yeah. we're expanding, we're probably going to yeah. hire someone specifically just to do like the re yeah. revenue reports and so on and so forth. What are your thoughts on, and I guess it's probably maybe a bot that your, your employee could use, but creating a knowledge bank with like chat GPT and then having them ask that question if they're ever not sure because it might be somewhere in in the bots knowledge base it is there's actually property management software programs that are is doing that already to the point where like it will generate the response for you and you can approve it whether yeah. you like it or not and it, it yeah. it's machine learning right so it's always yeah. like you don't want it to give an answer where it's like that was completely no you still gotta field. you still gotta police it but it, you could double check does that sound right okay yeah i mean yeah. we're still a little bit old school obviously we've looked into it slightly but I, yeah. I i personally feel more comfortable especially when these people are spending thousands of no, dollars I, i'm with you i would rather like, pay it no, I would never let the bot auto answer the questions <laughs> unless yeah. it was like, hey, just, you know, if you have a quick question or even something you could put right in the house to ask questions about the house, like, but then they would know they're talking to a bot. They're not thinking that they're talking to a real person. Yeah. Like the, the thing is, if the issue is over X amount of dollars, it's a phone call. It's not even like we're not texting anymore. Like, let's let's call the guest and get this troubleshooted yeah. immediately. And like, do your VAs do that, too? They call and they, they make the calls. They do, or yeah. the territory manager will step in if it's like a, you know, something yeah. ser more serious. But at the end of the day, it's hospitality. Yeah. Like people don't want to be waiting and texting no. for 30 minutes on their vacation. It's like, yeah. hey, you know, there's a leak here. We got a plumber on the way. You know, we might throw yeah. in a little bit of money. Go, you know, dinner's on us. We'll take care of it. When you guys are back, yeah. we'll have it wrapped up. That's the kind of service that we want to provide, especially for these types of people that 100%. are spending a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. So I want to shift gears uh, in the last little bit we got here to just what are the implications of the last couple of years? Obviously, you know, travel opened back up internationally. And I mean, I can say for cottage country, there's certainly been a slowdown in areas like Tobermory. Like we've grown, but we know that the area as, as a whole has not. Um, right. And now I, I know the macro trend beyond that is like tourism to those areas is still growing. But, uh, you know, feeling maybe recessionary effects, maybe the whole post-COVID effects. What have you noticed? How has it impacted your business? And, you know, how have you adjusted? Good question. So we've definitely noticed the same thing. I feel like for the mid-range operators and mid-range properties, they're definitely taking a hit. Like we're in tons of Facebook groups and other groups, even local ones. You know, the common theme is like, is everyone else struggling getting bookings? Like last year I made X, this year I'm like mm -hmm. half of that. What's going on? You know, there's no one traveling. We personally haven't seen that. We've actually seen growth year over year. I think what what's happening now is we had a flood of properties and people, investors going in to purchase things to operate it as a short-term rental, yeah. right? So there's this influx of supply, right? The difference is, is how they're operating. And and there's so many factors. You've got your marketing, like your photos, right? The listing yeah. itself. But then there's also like pricing. It's a, it's a separate beast, but just knowing what's going on in the market. Like mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many operators I see in every market we are in that just set one price throughout the entire year yeah. and like think that's okay. And then they're wondering why they're not getting booked in slow season. And then there's just, they're just not looking at what's yeah. out there. So I feel like, it's a long-winded answer, but the ones that are 
just opening their eyes and looking at what success look like. What are the top performing properties have? What are they doing? How are they pricing? Just spending a few hours, maybe an hour a week, just to go in and just look at your listing and see if there's anything you can add to improve. That alone can make the world of the difference. It'd be the difference of you being booked up and not, right? Yeah. And you, you can't rent yesterday unless it was already booked. So, <laughs> you know, you, you have to be on your pricing. You have to look at like, you know, you can look at, they give you the numbers, they give you the metrics, the insights. You can see how many people are clicking on your profile once you search. You can see how your SEO is performing. So if it's not perform, if it's performing under market, there's things that you can do to yeah. A-B test to get it back up. So just, just looking is really, so I would say. Being proactive. Yeah, obviously we know average sucks like the average performer in pretty much anything isn't very good so right. if you're if you're you're saying if you're above average you can adapt and still thrive but if you're if you're willing to be average then you're going to be hurt by it and it doesn't have to mean that you have to go and spend 20 mm -hmm. 30 grand on you know amenities hot tubs things like that it could be something so small as like your photos suck and like very you common have a nice one space. right like that's like the spend... probably the most common one yeah i'll get a lot of people that'll come to me and say spencer like I'm not, you know, I didn't, I'm not doing as good as last year. You know, what, what can I do? Should I go and buy this hot tub, this EV charger, this sauna, you know, should I reinvest and get like a $10,000 patio set? And I'll look at their photos and I was like, I would rather you spend 10 grand on hiring four different photographers that come and stay there for two days and capture the lifestyle aspect of it than going to buy that hot tub because mm -hmm. that $10,000 that you're spending on photos is going to, is gonna, you're going to get a hundred, 200% return on that this year. If you do that. Yeah. The photos because are critical and you said yeah. key point lifestyle right people yes. need to see themselves in it like even hire models or whatever like we've done mm -hmm. a little bit of that yeah that's huge massive so we like to do two things the real estate photography still serves its purpose we still have those photos in there but we like to have you know a real estate photo with a lifestyle photo in that mm -hmm. space that, you know, obviously bathrooms and stuff's not a huge deal, but yeah. where people are going to spend the most of their time, you know, the patios, the yeah. living rooms, the, the kitchens, those types of things you really want to bring to life and have people envisioning yeah. that they are in that property. That was a hilarious thought, a lifestyle photo for a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, maybe you could spin it off. People find it funny and they like you in your book, your place, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. there's really not. Maybe not your model. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Like you said, maybe there's an angle there. You know, everybody, yeah. will, be, everybody will be talking about you. Yeah, um, no kidding. Yeah. No kidding. So, yeah, that's, that's some great, uh, great wisdom you shared today. Is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you would like to share? Um, I mean, there's so many different things, but I, I would say just like for anyone that's like looking to get into the space, obviously just do your due diligence. There's a lot of regulations out there right now, which I see as positive, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, don't just rush to, to get into it. You know, make sure the municipality has like, we like licenses. So if they have a clear cut license in place, you know, start there and then just take mm -hmm. a look at what that what that municipality or city or market, are they pro-tourism? Are they not pro-tourism? Mm -hmm. That's like a big one. And even if it's not in a market that's like heavy on tourism, but you get a lot of people that come in through work and that's your model, right? Are they, are they open to that? And mm -hmm. sometimes it's just as easy as picking up the phone and calling the city. If it's not clear online, you know, you want to start with that because we've seen a lot of people get burned buying in areas where they, they know they're going to play in the gray and they get burned a year or two later because yeah. they can't get a license. So yeah, that's a big shout out. I'd like to say just, you know, anyone looking, make sure that 
there's yeah. regulations in place and that you can operate legally with just so you don't have to lose sleep at night over that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I wanted to just quickly go over with you um, bylaws and how that's affected things. Obviously, like from when you guys came on before, everything changed because yes. Toronto was the first to implement their control bylaw, which said it had to be your principal residence. And then if it was your principal residence, you could rent 180 days. Uh, how are you navigating that? Because almost every municipality has added that. I know mostly you guys are in tourism and like places where they're going to be more friendly to this and they probably just have a license, but you are, you said in Toronto, how are you navigating that there? Yeah. So Toronto specifically, like the strategy there is obviously the 180 days is that you want to be short term on your highest revenue generating times, right? So <laughs> a lot of your summer, you know, Taylor Swift's in town, you want to be open for short term for those, those specific dates. But there's still a huge market for medium term. So a lot of people mm -hmm. are going medium term for the half and then short yeah. term for that. Like, and again, do you manage we both? Just, uh, yeah, so we, we we do. I mean, we're not strictly medium term. Obviously, like our focus is, is, is short term. If someone comes to us, like we typically don't do medium term. We like to specialize in short. But again, mm -hmm. we don't have... We just expanded to Toronto. Like I said, we just yeah. hired our territory managers. So we're still mm -hmm. navigating the waters there. But from our preliminary research, that's what yeah. people seem to be doing. And then, yeah, the, the a lot of the things we're seeing is a lot of municipalities copying each other, primary residence, right? You can apply yeah. for a license. I mean, that's it limits how many you can get in that area. But, you know, there's there's tourism towns like Niagara and the Lake where you can just get as many. You can do all you want. Rentals. Yeah. Yeah. So you can so pick your like towns. Yeah. yeah. You can pick we, your towns and, and then be more strategic about that. Uh, but like Hamilton, you're there. They, do, they just did the same thing there, although they haven't enforced it yet, I don't think. Um, no, like, is it like, no. is it like what I used to do with my rental properties and I'd wait for a rental, a letter in the mail where they said, you need to register this for a license. Cause I would never like, they'd get one of my properties and I would, yeah, I'd have a whole bunch of others that they didn't send a letter on. So I would only register the one that they, they sent the letter for. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I mean, they, they did, they did launch a licensing program. So we've had all of our clients submit for that. It's mm -hmm. fairly similar across the board in terms of it has to be a primary residence. Um, you know, there's some inspections that need to be done. A lot of it is like self checklist yeah. inspections, um, ESA letter, so on and so forth, just to, you know, comply with the city to be it for my knowledge, there really hasn't, cause again, mm -hmm. it's so new to the city. There hasn't really been any action on it yet yeah. from our preliminary talks. Like for now, like those that are already operating it, from what we've heard, again, this is just from the contact, one contact at the city, as long as you've applied, you yeah, they'll leave again, you alone until they, you know, until they finally get the, mm -hmm. the, the, the workers or the people or the resources out to do these inspections. Cause they obviously got an influx of applications. Yeah. So from our understanding, that's kind of where we're at, but obviously we were quick to make sure that we were getting yeah. these applications in for, for that reason. But you'll potentially in the future have some of those get shut down or won't be able to continue. It, it, it could. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's, there's, you know, there's risk to everything, obviously. Yeah, for sure. The municipality sees that there's pros and cons. What I really think all these things are doing now is really forcing hosts to be good hosts, right? Yeah. They're putting in, you know, noise bylaw metrics. So like things like having noise sensors, yeah. exterior security cameras, essentially it's all complaint based. So mm -hmm. if you get like demerit points, you can lose your license. I actually really like it because, you know, it's going to limit your competition. Air Airbnb gets vilified because, you know, you don't hear about how a family of 
five had a great time out of stay in the news you hear about the 30 people that showed up mm -hmm. and trashed a place and disrupted the neighbors that's what makes the news mm -hmm. so i think like eliminating these kind of posts that don't really aren't really into it they just want to set it and forget it and not deal with it and they don't care who they let yeah. in i think it's a great thing for that and it's really going to force people to operate at a, a high level yeah, I mean, I look at it the same way. Like Tobamori now has like a limit of, I think, 300 licenses. They came in with their bylaw to control it. It wasn't like a 180 days or anything, but I mean, no one's really renting them in the winter anyway. Right. Uh, but yeah, we kind of like it because it doesn't actually even affect us at all. We're commercial properties and, uh, you know, it just kind of limits the competition. So there's a silver lining there. Um, Spencer, it's always great talking to you. Where do people uh, find more information about what you do? Uh, yeah, are, are very active on Instagram. So it's just at Spencer and Ashley and So Spencer and Ashley. Uh, okay. So we're, we're very active on there. Like I said, you know, reach out with any questions there. Uh, we've got our website, spencerandashley.com and then property management companies, Travelux Property Management. But uh, yeah, social Instagram, that'll be the place. That's the best place to connect. Okay. The most updated. Yeah, we try to stay active. Ashley, she crushes it. She's yeah, the, she does a great the job. Team lead on that. So we try to stay current and you know, any of the changes and stuff that happens in the market, we like to try to update people as much as we can and kind of have people follow along there. Love it. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for, for doing this and let's not let it be another four years before we get you back on here. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, we'll get to do one in person one of these days. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, once I'm back, let's, uh, let's try and book like a simulator day or, or, uh, golf. All right. Thanks awesome. a lot, Spencer. Thanks for having me on. And now a word from our sponsor, Control and Compound. Here's how infinite banking works in under 60 seconds. You have to save your money somewhere. Well, we think the best place to save it is inside a cash value life insurance policy. You save some money in there, it grows tax-free for the rest of your life. Then an opportunity or emergency comes, comes along. Let's say a few years down the road, you can buy a business, buy a property, buy an income-producing asset. You leverage the infinite banking policy, borrow against your asset, take advantage of the opportunity. But your money still stays in the infinite banking policy. You're not borrowing your money, you're borrowing the insurance company's money. So your money's in the policy, it's in the opportunity, and it's providing a death benefit. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. You get to retirement, you have this massive cash value life insurance, leverage that tax-free, and you don't repay those loans. You sit on the beach and you spend that money tax-free every month doesn't show up on a tax return, and you leave your family a huge tax-free death benefit. For more information, visit www.controllingcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines.